0: Welcome to the podcast of champions this is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United along probably with quite a lot that you didn't you can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to another one of our close-season Talk United podcasts. Um, yeah, it won't be
1: long before the football starts up again, will it? Don't. <laughs> don't, Guy. We're don't. all slightly shell-shocked we're, from... We're in d uh, mode at the we moment. Are. We're still in d mode.
0: But slightly shell-shocked from watching these uh, Champions League semi-finals over well, the last couple of evenings. It's more than you can handle, isn't it? I did, I did feel for Paul Glenn Hoddle a little bit in the studio yes, last night. Exactly. Yeah, he's, a, he's a man who... who Probably needs to be taking things a little bit easier. No, um, no extreme shocks or stress or anything like that. So, Spurs, Spurs did him proud there, didn't they? The, the,
1: the, the pundit who seemed to lose it the most was the one who hadn't played for Spurs, which was, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Um, uh, Ferdinand, wasn't it? He, yeah. he, he was uh, almost through the roof, he was, but. Uh, do you think
0: that, um, I mean we'll get on to talk United in a minute, but do you think a final between Liverpool and Spurs can possibly live up to, e- even begin to live up to those two semi-finals?
1: Uh, well at the risk of upsetting all my Spurs supporting friends, I thought the Liverpool Ajax final would be the, yeah. the real, kind yeah. of like, right lads, gloves off, <laughs> 90 minutes of mayhem final, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, you know, it's a one-off match, isn't it? There's no yeah. away goals or anything like no. that. Uh, there's, there's always the possibility that it'll get so tense that, you know, extra time and penalties and all this stuff. Well, we all hope not, don't we? I, I honestly don't think there's any way, other way Liverpool can play the game. I, I think no. Jurgen Klopp yeah. has got them into this sort of high pressure, high energy. They They just do not never, ever, ever let up, do they? and and I was it, it, it took me back in a way it was almost without getting too romantic about it it was almost the spirit of Shankly
0: it was living yes, on yeah, in, in
1: yeah. all these years later it was that whole clench fist totally time, yeah. fearless yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know or right, I know there were three down so they didn't have any option of course they did but uh, as somebody who's hugely privileged to have met the man and interviewed him and and had long chat with him uh, on and off the record I can remember when he asked me uh, who do you think will win the league championship this year and we were chatting about it I, um, pardon listeners if they've heard <laughs> this story before but um, uh, and the three in contention were Leeds United, Liverpool and Derby County yeah and and uh, uh, I, I said well I thought Liverpool would win it and I wasn't Mm. Trying to just because i was sat with him but um and he went I, I i i don't know i don't know and 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 i said well leeds are strong he said no nah, 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 he said he, he wasn't worried about leeds yeah. he said darabee county are the ones that i'm worried about this was in yeah. march time and he, and he and i said oh why is that then he said one i don't know what he's going to do next brian Clark. <laughs> perfect yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and two they're not scared of anybody he said and yeah. they're like us yeah he said fear is a terrible thing in football he said there's too many people in football that are frightened and scared and they worry all the time about what if and all that kind of stuff um i'm, I'm paraphrasing him yeah uh and he said you can he be afraid on a football pitch stay at home if you're going to be afraid on yeah. a football pitch and Klopp is Klopp's modern day Liverpool. If there's one thing they don't you know, they don't win every game <laughs> Damn downside near enough. But yeah. you can't accuse them of They don't shy away from, they anything, shy away from no, anything. They don't no. shy away from anything. They go they are gonna be coming at you no matter who you yeah. are. And and of course those of us all over the years who've been sort of saying from the comfort of our sitting rooms, oh, why don't they have a go at Barcelona and why don't they have a go at Juventus and why don't they have a go at at Real Madrid? Well, it's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? Especially when you've got wonderful players like they've got. But my goodness, didn't Liverpool make Barcelona defend the other night? And of course, in the end, they couldn't handle it. But you have to have such a high level of energy and commitment and belief, you know, uh, the fitness levels of the players are, are just through the roof, aren't they? I mean, you know, obviously everybody's praised Mane. I mean, goodness sake, he was nearly as good as Sekou Jani the other day. At, was uh, close, <laughs> he was getting close. He was getting close. But um, you know what I mean? And, and, and Barcelona could not handle... And if the game had been another 20 minutes long... We all know which team would have been out on its feet first. Yeah, yeah, and, no, that's and, true. And, and, yeah. and yeah. you know that you, great things like that only ever happen to teams and individuals who will not go away. Mm. You know and. Uh, all credit to them and of course the following night having just got, just about got over that what happens next it's extraordinary Spurs were
0: very different though I, I confess I did send a message to a mate of mine in the first half saying Spurs are nowhere
1: near good enough here well, because I, they, I don't think they were I, the I texted my nephew who's a huge yeah. Liverpool fan and was still recovering from the previous night and I said it's Liverpool v Ajax don't worry about that yeah. And then about an hour <laughs> then later. Then Lucas Moura. Yeah. <laughs> an hour later, I'm on the phone to him saying, whoops, sorry. Yeah. Uh, look what I know. Um, Great stuff. The football at yeah, exactly. its absolute best. And it? and of course, Origi 2, mm-hmm. Wynaldon 2, Moura 3. Yeah. All three players who were not in the front rank of calculations to win those two, Wouldn't, two ties. and pro- none of them would have been playing if they'd have fully fit squads to choose from. Probably not, uh, you know. Extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. and uh, and. Aregi, I think he's, he's out of contract, isn't he? Something like that. They're now having he to is, rethink yeah. whether they yeah. give him another. Contract. They might fit him in for another year, mightn't
0: they? And Milner's he's out of contract as well, isn't he? James he? Milner, I believe, is out right. of contract, and he had an outstanding game. Yeah. He ended up playing yeah. at left back, didn't he, for half the time? Milner's
1: probably one of these lads that's out of contract every year yeah, uh, because be, he probably yeah. he's happy to have it that, year, that yeah that, that way. But uh, no, just uh, you know, great, great, great stuff.
0: Let's talk Torquay United. We've gone on long enough about uh, the stuff that everybody else is talking about. But uh, Torquay announcements this week. Um, chief amongst the concerns, I think, on social media, the ticket prices. A lot yep. of debate about that. I think Talkie have done, done what we
1: expected them to do. Really, well, I think they? everybody knew the price was going to go up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was merely a question of by how much. Um, uh, yes, uh, it's basically £2, something like that, all round yeah. on the match day prices. And the season tickets uh, are up. But I think it is worth pointing out, um, and not trying to particularly defend the club here. It, they can defend themselves. But um, the rates being charged for next season are uh, slightly more mm. uh, than they were two years ago when United played in the conference in the yeah. National League last time. So the the prices went down last year and quite right too for the, for the National yeah. League South. Um, uh, uh, so they're up. A little bit. Um, I think we're talking on a a pop-side season ticket. I think it's about £13 more than that same season ticket was two years ago. Uh, Obviously, you get 23 games in the National League as opposed to 21 in the National League South. Yeah. Um, uh, And, uh, well, I've watched some of the social media reaction. You get the usual kind of like... um, Lead jerk stuff, uh, and then you know, you get the others going and saying, Well, if you don't want to buy it, don't bloody buy it. Yeah, and and, so, and, uh, and
0: some you know, Torquay's progress up through the leagues has to be paid in some part, it does. By the fans yes, in they? other
1: words, you know, whether it's Clark Osborne, St Francis of Assisi, or the man in the moon, you can't rely on somebody like that just to keep writing the checks out to employ the players or better quality of players. The money's the money yeah. is has got to come from somewhere, um, and. You know, I think everybody's probably seen Gary Johnson has, has since uh, been out there banging the drum, saying, you know, uh, uh, the more season ticket holders we get, the, you know, the, the better I can do my job. And he, I think his phrase was, you know, you buy the tickets and I won't let you down sort of thing. Well, exactly. Um, you know, and, and I think quite a lot of people have responded that to that and said, you know, the old in Gary, we trust uh, yeah. line. Um, and uh, we shall see. I, th- I think I- I'm not a hundred percent certain. The club were always sort of quite reticent to let everybody know how many season ticket holders there were last season. Uh, I think it was around seven hundred, something yeah. like that. Um, and it would obviously be a huge plus if they could nudge those numbers back up, you know, mm. a bit nearer a thousand, which it was, of course, a few years ago when they virtually gave them away. Um, but people,
0: I mean, people are going to see, with huge respect to the place that we've been this season, National League South, which I think we've all enjoyed immensely. But people are going to see a slightly better standard of football next season. They're going to see slightly bigger and better clubs next season. So you have to expect to pay a
1: little bit more, don't you? Yeah, well, I, I don't think anybody... Anybody who thought that the season ticket prices and the ticket prices were going to stay the same, I think, was living in a fool's paradise. But, um, of course, they were going to go up. Apart from anything else, you get... for a season ticket, you get two more games to yeah. watch as, as yeah. opposed to this season. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, if United are going to keep progressing yeah. and keep moving on up and hopefully have a shout of getting in back into the Football League next season that isn't going to come on the rates that were being charged last no. season. And and um, the, the, the other thing, of course, is that the summer, as all people who have ever run, and obviously we're not in that bracket, run lower division football clubs, the summer is a hugely problematical and difficult yeah. part time of year. Um, you and I were just chatting before uh, we started recording the podcast that, that, that uh, various players raised our eyebrows to hear that they'd been released by their clubs um and one we mentioned was reese murphy at uh leading scorer well of course the contracts in the national league and the contracts in the football league are very different the football league contracts run until june the 30th and the national league contracts run until effectively now i think yeah um uh, and of course, there is absolutely or very little money coming into non league clubs over and above what they can raise through yeah. season ticket sales and, and, and sponsorship. There is still the drip drip from the football down through the Football League and the Premier League coming into Football League clubs. Yeah. Uh, so they have an additional help to pay their players through the summer. And that's why so many clubs in, at National League level basically clear out their playing staff. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they don't end up taking some of them back in August. Um, but um, to try and avoid this void yeah, of, yeah. Of, of income coming in. Uh, and, of course, the other point is that on June the 8th or whatever it is, they all have to turn up at Celtic Manor uh, near Newport for mm-hmm. the National League AGM with two hundred thousand with a cheque for 200,000 quid in their pockets. That's pretty um, steep,
0: isn't it? It's a lot of money to... This is, this is the bond that they have yes. to find that says they'll fulfil all their fixtures. It's a lot of money to find, isn't it? Of course it, it is.
1: Yeah, Um, Is it actual
0: money they have to hand over or is it a kind of a forfeit that says I
1: think it's a a guarantee but they have to prove that the funds exist in other words you can't just say oh yes absolutely you have to prove that you have £200,000 in your bank account Uh, uh, and uh, as far as I know I I don't think you actually physically have to hand it over but I'm I'm not certain about that but that's what you have to do and that was the huge problem or part of the huge problem when the takeover of uh, Dave Phillips's supporter regime, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when that consortium was being put together and of course it very st- quickly started to um, uh, get smaller, Yeah. Um, you know, part of the issues was that in June time, when, when, when the thing was still being yeah. formed, um, you know, uh, I think at the time Bill Phillips was the acting chairman and he had to help head off to Celtic Manor. Um uh, With proof of funds that talking yeah. United could line up at the start of the following season and fulfill their fixtures um very it's a lot <laughs> isn't it? It, it, yeah. it it is, and of course we'll get on to one or two other clubs at the moment in a moment who will are having monumental yeah. difficulty in even thinking about raising a two hundred thousand let alone actually doing it.
0: One thing we do need to do this week is to pass on our commiserations to the other teams. In the West Country, as I think they said on Spotlight the other night, it's been a catastrophic season for West Country football.
1: Disgraceful! It's a terrible Pardon? thing to say,
0: as if as if they hadn't even noticed we existed. But Argyle relegated. Yeah. Exeter missed out on the playoffs by a pretty narrow margin.
1: Yeah. And of course, Yeovil are down in the National League with Torquay. And not only down, but they haven't got a takeover that they thought they had. Uh, and Neil Marman, the former United young defender from way back in the yeah. um, 70s, um, uh, who has been caretaker manager for the last few weeks, he's gone as well. So as things stand, poor old Yeovil have got no owner and mm. and, uh, and no manager uh, on top of being relegated. So everybody watch that space um, with interest. Um, the, the, the speculation linking Gary Johnson with Argyle
0: seems to have gone flat and quiet this week. Was it a kind of a... a a Spike to begin with, and then people started to realize no, he's not going anywhere. I think you're that's absolutely right, you think, guy. yeah. yeah. And,
1: and we talked about this last week, and we did and hopefully, we got it more or less right. Um, and everything, of course, he said this week is very much, yeah. Um, well, in football, never say never, we, we've we learned that over the years, haven't we? But uh, I don't think <clears throat> there's any possibility of that. Uh, Plymouth Argyle are, are looking. Um, I, I, they were even linked with a French coach the other day yeah, uh, fr- from French League One um, uh, so I think that'll be a little while interestingly of course they've announced their retained list and got rid of a whole load of players Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd have thought it might have been a help if the new manager had had some say in that yeah. but of course they didn't get rid of Derek Adams until one game to go right or wrong um, so they presumably our old friend Kevin Nanskibble and one or two others have done the retained list. He
0: did get a um, win under his belt, didn't he, Kevin? I mean, they, he has at least got a 100% absolutely. record as yeah, Argyre manager. Yeah.
1: Um, despite that remarkable um, goal that Scumford yeah. scored. Uh, I was in two minds about that. I, I, the goalkeeper obviously wanted treatment, uh, but he was on his feet, the Argyle goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> as he, he rolled the ball, didn't he, as if he wanted to get it out of play. Mm-hmm. And the moment it left his hand, um, uh, uh, watching in the replays, my immediate thought was, shouldn't you be throwing it a bit harder than that if you really want to get it out of play? Unless, yeah. of course, he was in so much pain that he literally couldn't throw it any harder than that. And, of course, was it Lee Novak, the, the scum thought forward, decided to chase it down it was, to the touchline yeah. cut yeah. in? And what a, what a chip it was, as well. It was a hell of a goal. But it sparked off some scenes It did, it? it did. Yes. And, yeah. and, but I, it's. In a match of such importance, everybody's been bound up with Plymouth Argyle. Yes, of course, and, and we do sympathise with them going down. But it was Scunthorpe had to win to stay up themselves. Yeah. yeah. So to, to absolutely slaughter Scunthorpe in those circumstances, all right, it was a most unfortunate incident. But... They're trying, to, they're trying yeah. to stay in League One, for goodness sake. We've all had um, some
0: boisterous last day of the season games against Scunthorpe, haven't we? Oh, <laughs> ne-
1: t- take us back. But uh, you know what I mean? And and I I, I just thought, well, if you're going to throw it out, throw it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that may be being unfair on the keeper and, and maybe he was in so much pain that... Uh, um, and, of course, he did have to... Uh, to go off I think didn't yeah. he in the end but anyway there we go Argyle are down Exeter are not but not going anywhere uh, and Yeovil are down with us talking of the, the sole success story wow well, in, in
0: amongst the senior clubs yeah and uh, long may it continue indeed we talked a little bit earlier on about some of the players who've been released here and there there's some quite interesting names I mean this
1: well we always look don't we for, to yeah, pop up ex-talky a... players who of course many of them scattered all around the country at different levels
0: now Reese Murphy being released at Chelmsford we've just gone into the details of, of why they might release him but he's the second highest scorer in the division behind yeah. uh, Jamie Reed, obviously yeah. um, he's been at Playmore before uh, do you think he's the kind of player that we might be looking at or is he going to be he, he wanted to move back to the home counties didn't he he wanted to be back in the London area
1: I, I would have thought not No. Uh, in other words if, if, if you're asking me straight will Rhys Murphy be lining up and a talking about a shirt next season no I don't think he will no. be um, I'm sure he'll get a decent club uh, yeah. uh, he's a good player and will score goals definitely at this level and maybe even at Nas- National League level but I think Gary Johnson is looking for a different type of striker. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. We had a he and I had a long chat on Monday this week, which, in fairness, we usually do. Um, and he was privately saying, uh, only privately because I haven't used it yet, but um, uh, that the type of person he's he's very strong on the type of character and personality who wants to come here and buy into. Yeah. the way talk United are going to play, the way they're going to train, the way they're going to prepare, you know. In other words, he he definitely is not looking for, you know, a striker, a midfield player, a defender, in any position player, mm. who's coming down for a a year's contract just to kind of like see how it's it interesting. goes. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. You have to. He he put a hell of a lot of effort into getting to know, getting to trust the 11 players he has re-signed so far. Mm. Uh, and there is a very strong bond and spirit and commitment in that group. Yeah. And he's now looking for people who will naturally, uh, in other words, he wants to be 99.9% certain that they will buy straight into the way United do things. Now, yeah. I'm not saying yeah Reece Murphy necessarily wouldn't, but um, uh, he's looking for real goers yeah, you know yeah. people who are going to make us all as far as possible you never get these things all right uh, make everybody sit up in the first few yeah. weeks of the yeah. season and say wow we've got one here um that's the type of person he's looking for on top of yeah the fact that hopefully they can deliver the goods in their various positions
0: well, just another couple of names to throw in there mike williamson has been released by gates i mean gateshead are in in a terrible state awful. at the well, moment, right?
1: if they exist at all. At the yeah. moment, and and that's another story which we'll chat about in a minute. Yeah, Mike Williamson is. Uh, um, I think uh, you know. Obviously, this is a lad from Paynton. Started out as a trainee at Torquay mm-hmm. United. Um, I think it was Roy McFarlane sold him to um, to Southampton. Yes. And then he went on wonderful career. Um, uh, Southampton, uh, Newcastle, Newcastle yeah. uh, Wolves, and yeah. then he went back to Tyneside after his time at Wolves. I think he was at Oxford for a little while actually mm. for a season. Um, uh, and he ended up going back to Gateshead, and I'm pretty sure that's because of the family reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, but, and I think, you know, kids at school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, of course, Mike Williamson is a paint and lad through and through. I think technically he was born in Stoke, but that was only where his mum and dad were at the time, I think. Um, but, no, he, he's a paint and lad, uh, very good player. Uh, yeah. Surely somebody will pick him up, whether it's United or not, um, I don't know. Um, Chris Robertson was freed at Swindon. Yeah, we noticed this week, didn't we? Um, good player. What a good player. Well, he was. very committed, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, obviously, a lot of these players, these names come up years later. Yeah. This is meet... ten
0: years ago, though, isn't it? Chris
1: Robertson. Uh, uh, Martin, Martin Ling of... sold him to Preston in two thousand and twelve, thirteen. Okay, time, so not quite. So not quite. But, no, um, six, seven yeah, years ago. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you you know, you never quite know. Mm. You know, surely you know they've learnt stuff since and improved. You'd you'd certainly hope they would have done. Um, But obviously, when you haven't seen them for a very long time, you you never quite know, do you? Yeah. Um, Jack McCourt, a name that a lot of United fans really liked. He was on loan to United from Leicester, midfield player, very hard working. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. um, I think under Chris Hargreaves, Um, and he ended up going. His yeah. own way. United, he went back after his loan here and he's played for some good clubs since. He's been freed by Swindon as well. Um, but of course, you know, when, when players are freed, sometimes it's because they want to be. Yeah. Uh, their contracts are up and they actually want to go somewhere else. Uh, but a lot of the time it's because <coughs> things are deemed, worked out. yes. Exactly. Yeah, they're yeah, deemed yeah. surplus to requirements. Yeah. So, you know, and, and there is always a reason why a player is given a free transfer and why they aren't in somebody's first team. Mm. Um, you have to bear that in mind. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it doesn't always mean that the player's no good. Of course, it doesn't. But um, uh, Danny Ledbetter, a young right back who played for yeah. United for a while, been released um, amongst come, several players being released at Bristol Rovers. Didn't he
0: come from Newcastle originally? Yes, he did. He yeah, did didn't absolutely. He? Yeah.
1: And he, um, you know, he started off. He was a little bit like
0: a rabbit in the headlights to begin with, I and then he eased he, himself in he, he and, and very, he got he better and He was very quick, better, quick, wasn't he, he? Wasn't yeah. he? As, as a yeah. young
1: overlapping right back? Yeah. Uh, I, I remember. Martin Ling being quite sort of frustrated with the fact that he, his awareness and tactical know-how, didn't match his athleticism. He described it as having a Ferrari in the garage without an engine, in it, something <laughs> like that. Um, but anyway, no, you're right. He he went on. to he's, I think he played for Hereford for a while after United, yeah. and we all wondered whether he was going to continue that downward mm. thing. And then all of a sudden. Um, uh, he got to Bristol Rovers and has had very been there a while good time isn't he? There. Yeah. very good yeah. time there And yeah. uh, but he's been freed another one um, and there'll be lots more of these surfacing over the next week yeah. or so most clubs are getting to it now aren't they and um, I know Gary Johnson and Pete Johnson and Aaron Downs have been poring over those lists Yeah. Um, on top of the players that they'd already identified mm-hmm. um, as you know potential targets for yeah. the summer yeah. um, I think they're quite uh, when I say quite close, I think you know they're they're not far away. Maybe that's a, a yeah. better phrase. With one or two of them, um, but um, they'll uh, they'll do it when it's right for them. That's I dare say. Yeah. And of course, th- this 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 impacts on season ticket sales yeah. as well, doesn't it? Uh, Gary Johnson's been doing this for a very long time, and he's well aware that you know if you can whack in a couple of interesting signings in May, it doesn't half help. Them. It doesn't
0: doesn't do any harm to the sales. Does no. It? It no. Doesn't. So, but then again, I mean, we still don't know who we're going to be playing next season, do we? There's, good point. There are imponderables in the national league for
1: all for good and bad reasons.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, the teams coming down, obviously, we know who's coming down And Notts yep. County and Yoval and Yeovil yep. are the two teams who are down. Um, the team coming up with us will be decided on Sunday. Yep. Let's talk about those first. The Playoffs. northern, the northern playoff. Chorley versus Spennymoor. We don't, between us, know a great deal about either of no. those teams. I, I'm, but I'm, you would prefer I'm, I'm Chorley. Not having,
1: I'm not having a pasty on the, on the outcome of no. that match because I wouldn't have a clue. But, um, but you, sp- maybe you'd think that Chorley were favourites for that since yeah. they're at home.
0: And Spennymoor being all the way up in County Durham, we could probably do without <laughs> a trip all the way up there. <laughs> With all due respect. With great respect to the to home the of folk- referee George Courtney and um, oh, various, various other people well from Spennymoor, County Durham.
1: Yeah, um, uh, so yeah, we'll take Jorley. We'll take
0: Chorley we? on that one. Uh, but the big game, uh, the Sunday three o'clock kickoff, Woking versus Welling yeah. for the other promotion playoff from National League South. Now Woking were two nil down well, against. Well, both of the State.
1: semi-finals were were highly eventful matches, uh, and this is, you know, anybody that doesn't like playoff football. Needs to, you know, yeah. go and make a cup of tea now, uh, um, because you're right. Woking were two down to Wheelstone. Wheelstone, who, who we we, li- we liked a lot, didn't yeah. we, when
0: they came and played at Playmore? We liked the way they did things. They were a good side. They were well supported. Not that Woking aren't all of those things, but we kind of had a bit of a soft spot for
1: Wheelstone. Well, since uh, Woking went into these playoffs uh, with with having won one in eight, yeah, and uh, of course, obviously, they've they've not been playing in the playoffs until mm. they met Chelmsford, with uh, Wh- Wheelstone. Um, and you thought, whoa, can they get their mojo back in time? Yeah. They're two down with 17 minutes to go. And you're kind of thinking, cheerio, Woking, never mind. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you chase Torquay or we, we battled mm. away for so long for the title. And it, might, it looked as if it might be a classic case of miss out on automatic, boom. Yeah. <clears throat> and... They scored three times in the last 17 minutes and won 3-2. What a finish that must have been. What a game that must have been. Exactly. Now, might that just be what they need? Um, But anyway, yeah, sorry, go on. Meanwhile... well, No, it's just because I would quite like it
0: if Woking came up because I quite like having a rivalry with a team. I mean, I know we'll develop our own rivalries up in the National League. Yeovil will be Boxing Day, New Year's Day, presumably... But I quite like having Woking around. It's nice to have, like as you described it, the pantomime villains. It's good to have a team that you're gonna play twice a season. There'll be crucial games, one feisty. end or the other, a bit
1: feisty. Yeah,
0: I would be quite happy to see Woking come up again.
1: I couldn't agree more. Uh, uh, whilst they were kind of sweating away against Wheelstone across the other side of South London, Welling um, were were uh, uh, struggling to yeah. o- overcome. Um, uh, uh, Chelmsford in another hell of a match um, uh, where I think Welling were two up, Chelmsford came back and equalised two all and Welling got the winner Yeah. Um, now they are the home specialists of the division mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying they're useless away from home, of course they're obviously not or else they wouldn't have finished third they have a very very experienced and good manager in Steve King he's yeah. got them on a roll at the moment um, you wouldn't want to have a dime on it but if you're putting a gun to my head, I'll just go for Woking on the grounds yeah. that that comeback against uh, Wheelston might just have switched them back on again. If, if Woking are at their best, they should win. Yeah. Um, but we'll see.
0: Uh, and the, the other game that we know will affect uh, who's in the league next season, filed against Salford, yep. is the National League playoff to get a place in League 2. At Wembley. Yeah, who do we fancy for that?
1: Well, I, I, right since before it, I put my I put my shekel on Fylde as my dark horses for the playoffs. Yeah, um, they went and won at, They beat the uh, Harrogate. Beat Harrogate it, beat yeah. at home. Yeah. Then they went and won at Solihull Moors. Oh. Very good result there. And they now play Salford City, of course, who everybody will fancy. Yeah, uh, I've got a sneaking feeling for Fylde. Danny Rowe didn't score in the playoffs. Well, surely oh, that's he's, dangerous. He's due a goal, exactly. then, isn't he? Yeah. If I was the false yeah. Salford manager, I'd be going, oh, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's Filed or Salford yeah. City. Uh, obviously, we've never come across Salford City before, so that might be quite interesting yeah. in its own way. But good luck to both of those. I've got a sneaking feeling for Filed. Good luck to them. And
0: the, the teams who are in problems at the moment Gateshead oh, absolutely does this open up a chink of light for another one of our favourite clubs that we would love to have
1: alongside us in the National League next
0: season which is Aldershot
1: well that's the sort of the the social media talk at the moment Yeah, that, that Gateshead are in such a mess I mean if they exist at all at the moment and of course basically all their supporters have cleared off and are forming another club effectively it seems they're, they're out of the international stadium uh, they have Few, if any, staff left. Mm. Uh, the owner lives in Hong Kong, I think. Um, uh, and there's all sorts of huge problems yeah. there. I mean, it, said it's a, it's a great town. And uh, I'd certainly recommend to anybody to go there for a night out. Um, uh, they're friendly as hell. Yeah. Um, but they've always had this desperately difficult equation or circle to try and close mm. Of a, of a huge stadium uh, yeah. and gates which will not go above seven or 800 tops
0: and they're only putting supporters on one, one side, side of the ground, of the ground. Of the
1: ground. Uh, if you're an away fan you go and sit in, this, in the stand on the other side of the stadium yeah. which, is, which seems about half a mile away um, but with all of those, I mean, everybody mo- knocks it. Oh, it's a dreadful place. And I always tell well, hold on a minute, this will have to play here every fortnight. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you think this is, you know, we only have to come here once a season, um, or used to. Uh, so, uh, you, very sad what's happened there. Uh, and But, as things stand, the odds must be against them lining up at the start of the yeah. season. fleet have just had to deny that they're not voluntarily dropping into the Bostic League. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still effectively, yes, don't worry, we'll be alright. But Gary Hill, the manager, is not making any commitments at the moment. Um, talks on going with the ownership and the board there about where they're going next season. That's another another example of, in that National League, the temptation to spend beyond your means to try and get into the Football League. Dale Vince at Forest Green always reckoned a place in the Football League was worth a million quid a year. And he kept pumping the money into Forest Green in the hope and the expectation to get into the football league and suddenly it was like a promised land. Yeah. Okay, it might be and it might not be. It's That's too simplistic. But too many clubs in that national league push the boat out on a regular basis to try and get up. Mm. Uh, and they try and do it on gates that don't support it. It's a very simple economic yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, calculation. And... Um, Two of those appear to be in big trouble now, Gateshead and Exley. Yeah. So we're not quite sure. But, of course, if one of the, one or other of them dropped out, uh, I mean, you know, the obvious one that everybody's suggesting is that it might save Aldershot. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think anybody would be very sad if Aldershot stayed yeah. up because we love them, don't we? We may and,
0: still get a pint in the Crimea this yeah. season. Yeah,
1: so um, watch this space on that one. Yeah, interesting. But interesting one, times. one off shot is, yeah. if, should Gateshead stay up or, mm-hmm. or carry on, it will mean that half of the 24 clubs in the National League next season will be ex-Football League clubs.
0: Really? It doesn't yeah. get any easier, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's such a hard league to get out of, yeah. but we're not going to worry about that just now. We're no. still still enjoying no. um, what happened last season. And on that subject, uh, the awards night last week, yeah. uh, which I gather was a huge success. Absolutely. Certainly the pictures look brilliant yeah. on Facebook a lot of the fans who went were uh, very enthusiastic about it.
1: Yeah, I was indisposed with a, a embarrassing health issue, which uh, won't go into too much. No, no. <laughs> I had a bout of the gout. Think, I was saying I think you might have to. Yeah, I had, yes. I had a bout of the gout, unfortunately, and, and couldn't make it. But uh, I was I was off my feet. But you couldn't uh, get into your dancing shoes. No, 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 all good now. I've taken the tab. Still taking the tablets, doctor. Um, But anyway, no, all the reports were, and I've spoken to many people who there said it was a terrific dude. Um, Very well put on, very professional, um, and everybody had a great time. Uh, uh, Gary Johnson was on top form, I understand, here, as virtually the MC, um, told a few jokes. Yeah, um, uh, I think he worried afterwards that a couple of them have been a bit risque, but I don't think anybody worried too much. I didn't hear um, a,
0: didn't hear a, a single complaint. It no, absolutely like a good not. One. He was yeah.
1: he was on on flying. He was yeah. and um, uh, every, it was a very slick and well well run do. Um, obviously, we've had one or two one or two more awards.
0: Yeah, it's answered a couple of the questions that we didn't know the answers to last week. Um, the player of the year we knew was Jamie Reed. But we know now that runner-up was Asa Hall. Yeah. And in third place was Connor Lemonhay Evans. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is the vote, of course, that was carried out um, for the club by the Supporters Trust uh, Mm -hmm. on the last home game of the season. Yeah. Uh, and the young player, we knew that Sekou Jane had
0: been named the young player because they announced that at the last game. But in second place on that one was Ben Winter.
1: Yeah. And third place was Jake Andrews. You 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 kind of think about Ben Winter, don't you? These people, you, you, it does bring you back to realize how how young. You that think of team him as one was. of the senior pros, well, don't you, Ben Winter? Th- there you go. It, it's you know even players like Carl Cameron. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, Sean McDonald, regular senior first team players 21 22. (laughs) Um, yeah so uh, no no all good and many congratulations to Anne shepherd who has been working at the club uh voluntarily most of the time yeah um i think she at one time she was on the staff donkeys years ago in the commercial department if you if you weren't Anne, i'm very sorry um, volunteer of the Year. She is definitely yeah. a volunteer now. Sells 50-50 tickets as if her life depends on it. You know, you yeah. do not refuse Anne <laughs> when she comes up and offers you a 50-50 ticket. Many congratulations to her. And I think that was partly, it wasn't the whole point of the evening, but partly the point of the evening. The club wanted to thank a lot of people yeah. who give their time and commitment and effort on a week in week out basis and those nights sometimes are a chance yeah. for the club to um to say thank you to those people and uh, the general verdict was that it would have done credit to a club at a much higher level yeah um and for that reason alone uh, you know it, it it must have been a, a Texas, box the boxes yeah.
0: absolutely and I, I gather there was a bit of a sneak preview of some shirts
1: yeah, there's, the club are bringing out, or, or Pro Direct, the club's shirt uh, s- suppliers are bringing out a, a 120th 20th anniversary shirt, yeah. commemorative shirt, not a not a playing strip shirt, uh, and that was was on show. I think it's mm-hmm. mainly dark blue with 1899 and club badge on, and that sort yeah. of thing as a, as a leisure shirt. I understand that's going on sale quite soon through Pro Direct. Um, and there were, so I understand, I haven't seen them myself yet, that, um, some uh, a little preview of playing Strip next season. As far as I know, the first team, because the rumour is that there's going to be a new shirt sponsor next season. Right, um, yeah. And we all know what happens when you have a new shirt sponsor. They want a new shirt. have yeah, a new shirt, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which obviously uh, doesn't go down well with everybody, but it's the way of the world, isn't it? And... Um, uh, I think, the, the, from what I understand, that the, the home first team sh- yeah. shirt is yellow. Made, the strip is mainly yellow. Uh, it's not a huge departure from what we already know, which would be good. Um, and then again, those the, those those shirts are going to be revealed fairly uh, quite soon. So I yeah. understand. And
0: uh, changing the away strip, do you know, I'm not a big fan of the pale blue, Dave. I'd, oh, I'd like can... us to get back into a
1: white away strip. Yeah, all oh, right, that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I think. I think the pale blue has gone down okay this season. I know what you mean. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I, I've seen better away strips, yeah. definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, not quite not no. quite sure. I, I mean, if there's a new f- f- home first team strip, yeah. then I'm sure there'll probably be a new away, new away strip as well. Interestingly,
0: over the last couple of weeks, I've seen several people around talking of away strips. You remember that one, that, the black strip that we yeah. have with the sort of yeah, there's no point in me demonstrating this because we're speaking on um, on audio, but a sort of a zigzag yellow across the chest. Yeah,
1: goodness gracious. What, with That was, was a that? Spark
0: World shirt, wasn't was it? it? Yes, oh, it was, right, yeah. Right. But I've seen a few of those around town. People must be digging them out for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. it's summer, isn't it? <coughs> it is. You know, yeah. All
0: the shirts come out. So while well, we were getting a little bit nostalgic there, we were talking earlier on that we ought to, um, we ought to do a little bit around the anniversary of Torquay's first trip to Wembley. We are coming up, believe it or not, it will be 30 years on May the 28th. Since the Sherpa Van Final, surely. Since the Sherpa Van Trophy final game against Bolton Wanderers. 1989, that one was. So we thought we might have a little bit of a chat over the next couple of podcasts about... Because that was huge. I mean, I know we've been to Wembley a number of times since we have our own reserve parking spaces there. And, and, you know, the the chap who runs the lift says, oh, Mr. Thomas, back again. (laughs) But to go to the old Wembley, that was such a huge occasion, wasn't it? And the season that had led up to it was a remarkable season because it it, it took two years to turn around.
1: We're talking, aren't we, at the end of a season in which the Netflix film, um, The Jaws of Victory, uh, has made such an impact, uh, not at home and apparently abroad as well, from the response from people around the globe. Um, The Great Escape in 1987. Yes. And one of the things we talked about at that time was how it galvanised the Mm -hmm. club and sparked under the late Cyril Knowles this extraordinary turnaround in the club's fortunes in a very short period of time. Yeah. Uh, obviously on the wake of the great escape Prue Jim McNichol bring the police dog etc 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 United under Cyril Knowles who had taken over from Stuart Morgan immediately um, took over that summer yeah um, 6-1 home win against Wrexham on the first day of the season was
0: that David Bing's hat trick in the game uh, oh no no no, 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 no David
1: Bing was Walsall away No, a different year or different year yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and uh, longest season in the club's history uh huh Runs in all cup competitions, lost to Swansea City in the two leg playoff final at the end yeah. of the season. 63 matches United played, a wonderful, wonderful season. Um, so, and then United headed into the 88 89 season with actually a team which I think most of us felt wasn't as good as the 87 88 season, which we've just talked about, um, but <clears throat> managed somehow. Uh, despite finishing in the middle of the table, yeah, uh, to reach the Sherpa the Sherpa-Van Trophy final at Wembley, which at the time we're talking 1989, yeah, uh, no Devon club had ever been to Wembley before. No, um, uh, and it well, was the, the playoffs a,
0: were two leg. Home and away finals weren't they then? Uh, Which to be honest, I quite enjoyed rather than traipsing all the way up to Wembley to play in front
1: of twelve thousand people or whatever. But um, yeah, forget that. Yeah. Um. So it it was a huge, huge thing, and it was just a kind of it all felt as if from the brink of disaster and oblivion. Yeah. Within twenty four months, United were marching off um, to play at Wembley in a national final. It It was. It was. It was. well, it was beyond pinch me time, wasn't it? It and, was. And uh, uh, all of us who are around, and many, many of us still are, um, look back on, yeah. uh, on those days with huge fondness and a tear in our eye. So we'll, I mean, we'll talk about the final itself a little bit closer to the
0: anniversary, but um, the build up, the, the, the matches that we played in the Sherpa Van Trophy that year, as you said. We started
1: off with a defeat.
0: It did. It did. It, it, we <laughs> not, many s-
1: cup, not, not many cup cup runs <laughs> begin with a defeat. Um, but but it did. 29th of November,
0: 1988, away at Swansea, at the Old Vetch, that would have been, wouldn't yeah. it? Uh, until he lost 1-0. Yeah, and
1: of course, there. the reason why uh, that wasn't terminal was because um, teams were, were put into groups in those days. Yeah. And United were in a group with uh, Cardiff Swansea, and Swansea and Cardiff City.
0: So Cardiff then beat Swansea. Yeah. And then Torquay, on the 20th of December, just before Christmas, Torquay beat Cardiff 3-1 at
1: Playmore. Well, we always used to, didn't we? Yeah, in <laughs> yes, those we days. did. Sorry, Back in Neil. Those days. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Warnock.
0: So all three teams ended up on three points. Yeah. But, but only Torquay had a positive goal difference. Yeah. And so Torquay progressed at progressed. the expense of Swansea and Cardiff. I like the sound of that, don't you? <laughs>
1: well, in fairness to, to, to people who, who supported the club for all these years, that didn't used to. We, we used to beat Swansea yeah, and Cardiff yeah. quite regularly. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, United went through from that group.
0: And then seventeenth of January, the first round proper, I suppose you could call it. This was a great result, wasn't it? Beat Gillingham at Plainmore yeah. three 0 Yeah, you know,
1: men. of all the games in the run. Uh, that's the one that is sort of deepest in my... uh, In other words, too far into my mind. (laughs) I I don't recall that game all that well.
0: We must both have been there, but I I don't really remember Uh, it. United
1: Uh, won 3-0 against Gillingham. Uh, I think whenever, you know, Cyril was... There was, it was never a dull moment of play mm. more then, wasn't it? And I dare say that, was that in the middle of the run where Carl airy was scoring in every, almost every game? Carl airy um, would have been in this squad, wouldn't he? So he must was, have been, yeah. yeah. And um, what, seven, seven successive matches yeah. were scoring. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, they beat Gillingham 3-0 at home. Happy days.
0: And then two terrific away wins uh, in the quarter, the area quarter final, 22nd of February, they went to Bristol Rovers and won one
1: nil. Was that at Twerton Park at Bath? I think it was. I think it may have been at Bath. I'm yeah. very sorry if I'm wrong about that. United definitely had a 1-0 win against Bristol Rovers at Bath round about that time. Uh, it may have been the year before, but still, you know who scored. Lauren. Mark Lauren. Mark Lauren. Mark Lauren. Mark the, uh, Lauren.
0: He did get some goals in this run, didn't he? The
1: great Mark Lauren.
0: I, I mean, he was absolutely in his pomp then, wasn't he? I mean, but... it. He was one of the best players that you'd ever see at Playmore. I'm only, I hesitated there because the guys on the um, the Talking Talkie uh, blog have been asking about putting together a team of your top 11 players or your favourite 11 players, and I've been giving that quite a lot of thought. And Mark Loram is the first name on my team sheet, I have I, to say. I, I, I'm well, he's very the sorry that I didn't see...
1: But, I never saw Don Mills play, mm-hmm. and I never saw Sammy Collins and Ronnie Shaw and, you know, Ernie Pym and... and Lul- Tommy Northcott and that lot. Uh, they're just a bit before my time. But for me, the best, the, the most talented player ever to pull on a Sorky's Ranch shirt that I've ever seen is Mark Lauren. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, <coughs> uh, uh, and I know somebody else who agrees with me. And that's Lee Sharp, who, who to this day uh, will, if you press him, will tell you that Mark Lauren was one of the best players he ever played with. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he had quite a good career, didn't he? And he didn't do um, badly. And, uh, we're talking talent here. Yeah. Pure yeah. talent. We all know Mark never quite, blah, 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 blah realised his full potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't suppose that really bothers him all that much to this day. He was our Robin um, Friday, really, wasn't he? He, he, he yeah. was, yeah. Robin Friday was a, a wild and wonderful play for, player for Reading for many years. Yeah. That, uh, as long as he turned up, you were in for an actual some entertainment, yeah. but he couldn't always be guaranteed <laughs> to turn up. But still, anyway, um, back at, that was back in the 80s and 90s. Um, but Mark Lauren was... was a breathtakingly talented player. I mean, he was ridiculously good. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking about a lad who, was, who Jim Smith signed for Queen's Park Rangers when he was, what, 16, 17 mm. years old. Um, uh, he, what, they say you can take the lad out of Brixham, but you can never take Brixham out of the lad, can yeah. you? And yeah. And I don't mean, and that's in, in Not to Knock Brixham by any stretch of the imagination, wonderful place. But Mark was a South Devonian to his bootstraps, uh, and he couldn't handle living in London at QPR. Jim Smith was... uh, By the way, Queen's Park Rangers was second in the old first division then, chasing Liverpool for the title, and Jim Smith was virtually ready to chuck him into the team. Mm. He'd been taking the mick in QPR's reserves. Um, But it never quite happened in the end, and he, uh, it was one of Stuart Morgan's greatest signings to manage to persuade QPR to let us have him back. And he not single-handedly, of course he didn't, Um, but he played a huge part in keeping United in the league in 87 uh, and then stayed forever and a day. And um, uh, somebody once said to me, he said, oh, the trouble with Mark Lauren was, you know, he didn't love football enough. And I said, no, that wasn't the problem. You you, you can't not love football and play nearly 400 games Mm. for a club. Um, uh, uh, He wasn't all that bothered about the rest of it all. I remember Cyril Knowles, when he turned up, um, United won a game and Lauren was absolutely brilliant he, he, he Cyril Knowles could not believe that he'd inherited such a good player but he yeah. quickly realised that Mark away from the club was you know uh, um, uh, couldn't be entirely relied mm. on um, uh, and I can remember writing in the Herald after one game extolling what he'd done and Cyril pulled me aside a couple of days later and he said look Dave he said, go, go a bit steady on the, on the Mark Lauren front will you And I said, "Why?" And he said, "Look, I don't want him thinking, you know, getting too big-headed." And I said, "Cyril, it doesn't matter one way or another. He (laughs) won't. (laughs) That never. It's never ever. that, That will never be an issue." I uh, said so there might be one or two other issues, but that won't be an issue. And
0: every Sunday morning he'd have
1: been turning out for Buryhead Spurs or Brixham Trawler Agents or somebody like that. Exactly. Um, uh, um, couldn't be guaranteed to get there for the kick-off, but uh, he'd turn up sooner turn or later. And, and uh, just a fantastically talented player. Yeah. I mean, he made the most difficult things look so easy. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 one particular night, I remember when United were trying to stay in the league, Burnley away. Burnley in the SHIT with us, uh, and Mark Lawren, we, we drew two all that night in the end. Mark Lawren yeah. scored two of the greatest goals I've ever seen. One, definitely, uh, which completely stopped Turf Moors, about 13,000 in there, uh, completely silenced them. Uh, a, a goal from inside his own half, which uh, to this day, I, I, I still replay it in my mind's eye and think, you're joking he, he couldn't yeah. possibly do that but he, but he did um, and uh, uh, people at Burnley saying you know well oh, you'll never do that again and I can remember turning to a couple of them and saying don't count on it he's that good you know And um, but there you go no he Mark Lauren was was, was flying at the time of, yeah. uh, of the run I, to the Sherpa Van Trophy
0: I laid on a goal for him once you know I, never. Yeah, I hit a cross into the penalty area playing for one of those Brixham teams on a Sunday morning a hit and hope cross into the penalty area which he transformed into a wonder goal just by getting on the end of it and can, um, putting can, it in the top corner you can die happy now can't you? I, I, yeah. I've dined on it, out on it ever since yeah. I just did the old helping the ball into the box yeah. kind of thing into and, the right uh, area and Mark Loram turned it
1: into a perfect pass so. yeah thing of beauty absolutely no no i, I, I don 't think he was ever capable of looking bad on a football pitch he He, he might not have always been absolutely flying, yeah. but uh, he was a breathtakingly good player, and of course, when he was 18, 19 he was bloody quick as well, yeah he picked up yeah. some injuries because desperate defenders used to try and kick him into <clears throat> Babacombe and and uh, um, a bit before, and he, and he was never quite as quick after mm. some of those injuries. Um, I can remember Ali Robertson at Wolves, well, basically assaulting him uh, off the pitch. Yeah. And he ended up in hospital, and we thought, goodness gracious, we won't see him again for weeks and weeks and weeks. And he turned out the following night on uh, at Swansea on Tuesday, stood on the touchline, they couldn't get the ball off him. Um, <laughs> just just a a fantastically good player. Yeah. Uh, and of course. We, were, we diverted a little bit from the run. Let's get back to it. Well, the,
0: the next game in the run was a game that Torquay... He weren't scored ex- the winner at
1: Bristol Rovers, by the way. Yeah.
0: Torquay weren't expected to win. They were away at Brentford, yeah. 21st of March. Um, and Torquay went and won that one one. They, they did, one nil well.
1: away. Because Cyril Knowles' teams tended to win one nil away <laughs> from home, didn't they? Yeah. They, they, were like, they were like the Middlesbrough stroke Tony Pulis of, uh, of the lower division. They didn't they give a lot had. away, did oh, they? Oh, goodness. No. Absolutely. five three two 2 formation. Drilled... Disciplined and ferociously determined. Yeah,
0: which brings us to the area. And Phil final. Lloyd, by the way, scored at Brentford. I'm pretty sure. The area final against Wolves, yeah, which su- again, Southern area and Northern area. Yeah. that's right. Which, you, I mean, uh, Bolton played Blackpool in the Northern
1: Area final, yeah. beat yeah. them over two late. Bolton, by the way, who, who United had done the double over the previous season. Yeah. Bolton actually ended up winning promotion and United lost out in the playoffs. But Bol- uh, United beat Bolton 2-1 at Playmore and 2-1 at Burnham Park that season. And they were then the following year in what's now League One. Yeah. Um, and they played Blackpool, I'd forgotten that.
0: So, Torquay lost at Playmore on 12th of April, 2-1. Yeah. Lost one
1: at Playmore. Did Steve Ball get both of those goals? Um, He definitely got one, didn't he? I think yeah. he did. I think he probably did. Uh, Dean Edwards scored for United. Yeah. Uh, which is a goal that's often forgotten by many fans, but it turned out to be absolutely crucial.
0: Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, trailing 2-1 from the first leg, going up to Molyneux on the 18th, six days later.
1: Very first game after the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. And there was even was there was even yeah. there were even question marks about whether that match it was on a Tuesday night yeah. whether that match should go ahead. Um, everybody was going, oh no, they should shut football down for at least mm. a week and you know morning and everything. <coughs> <coughs> Big pardon. And and uh, the decision eventually was made. No, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, no, it was, it was yeah. the very first yeah. match after after uh, after Hillsborough. Um, and of course Kenny Vasey, uh, the previous. Weekend, United had played late in Orient away, i.e., on the afternoon of the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah, um, and had broken his leg um, uh, in a collision, I think, with David Cole, United's defender. Was it? Did he break his leg or, or knee ligaments? One of the two. No, anyway, serious injury, put him out for the rest of the season. I was going to say
0: this would keep him out of the Wembley Absolutely. final as well, wouldn't it? And yeah.
1: and and the second leg yeah. of the semi-final. Yeah, uh, Basie had played in the first leg. Yeah, uh, and United cast around. Who on earth are we going to get to play in goal uh, at Wolverhampton Wanderers yeah. in in the semi-final second leg of, of this trailing by trailing two one yeah and so we'll turn to Kenny Allen who who had of course been the goalkeeper mm. his goalkeeper the previous season um, the great Kenny Allen who of course anybody who's watched the Netflix film will, will, yeah. will have seen him playing a leading part and to and talking one two now well just. Uh, Twenty-two and a half, twenty-three thousand at Molineux. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always remember walking across the car park, and and they were selling Wembley favors, uh, all yeah. rosettes, scarves with Wembley. You know, I'm pretty sure they'd been there the season before as well. Yeah, uh, and that th- they were, it was they were through as far as they were concerned. It's only Torquay at home, for goodness' sake. They had what steep, could possibly they go had the mo- they, had, yeah. they had the most deadly pair of strikers in the whole of the football league. Steve Bull and Andy Much up front. Yeah. It's a foregone conclusion.
0: Then and so Kenny Allen keeps a clean sheet. Wolves nil Wolves Nil Talky United. Talk United two.
1: Two. For me, and I know you can get a little bit too over the top things, the greatest tactical master class by a talking United manager that I can remember. Cyril Knowles worked out that uh, the one thing you had to stop Wolves doing was knocking the ball over your back four. Yeah. Because Bull and Much and just, Andy Much yeah. would, would get would get on it. So he sat United's back five, um, uh, uh, halfway between our penalty area and the halfway line, yeah. and they never advanced <laughs> above, above that thing. And Bull yeah. and Much spent the whole of the night shouting at their defenders and midfield players to get it over the top and they were all going yeah. there's no room we can't get it in there uh, the, um, Kenny Allen kept coming up and sweeping up behind yeah. and the, the pressure was there but they could not uh, crack it and it was, it was high risk yeah. but Cyril knew because he drilled his defenders so hard for two years the previous team had done it with the same formation and that defence had done it exactly yeah. the same uh, it had changed a little bit John Impey wasn't there but Phil Lloyd was there David Cole Jim McNichol Tom Kelly um, uh, and uh, they completely stuffed Wolves tactically now the question was could yeah. we get a goal or two
0: there you go we will revisit
1: and they the, did. Uh, the 2-0 that, yeah. and uh, uh, it was one of the biggest shots Results of yeah. the whole season nobody could believe it I, I, I can remember uh, BBC and people like that coming on the phone almost not believing because everybody quickly realising the importance of the result that Torquay was suddenly going to Wembley the first team from the West Country ever to do it and it took a while for it to sink in it was, it was uh, yeah. um, people gave United so little chance that night there you go. Well, we're going to leave it there. We're, going leave, we're yeah, not going to talk we'll about the final. There.
0: We'll talk about the final a little bit nearer to the anniversary. But we've, um, that's given us the excuse for a wander down memory lane there. Um, but I think we are pretty much done one more bombshell to drop. Talkie United will be playing in Europe next season. Go on. I can exclusively reveal the Talkie United men's walking football outfit. Oh, no. where, where, where are we, you off to? We're playing in a tournament in Brittany oh, in, in, in September. Talkie United will be flying the flag in Europe next season. <laughs> There'll be a few <laughs> well, stories to come from that, hopefully. Liverpool and Spurs <laughs> in May.
1: <laughs> Torquay in September. The,
0: I'm not sure what the French expression for walking football is. Football on marche or something like yeah. that. But I'll um, I'll report back. Well, it's it's yeah. only a matter of time before Gary takes us there, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's it's got to be. Thanks for your time. This has been one of our longer podcasts. You wouldn't have thought it was the close season. We'll be back next week when, again, there will be uh, much to discuss. And even though they haven't got a game, even though they're still sunning themselves in Spain somewhere, probably, come Come on, on, you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Talkie United DL, or on Twitter at sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talkie United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.